El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. And then I would come on this show and defend those opinions. But now I don't do any of that. Joining me today, he is the host of a fantastic Unpops Network podcast called Ghoul School, and he promised there would be new episodes up by this point. So hold him to it. Go out and demand those new episodes of Ghoul School America. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Sell, also joining me. She's my co-host on an Unpops bonus podcast called Trend Pony. She's also a fantastic comedian. She was on an Unpops Zoom show recently. I mean, where else can you see people doing comedy these days? Unless you're an asshole. Stay home. Ladies and gentlemen, Jen Scott. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I got a couple of guests. And here's the thing. They're going to be our guests on this show for the next two weeks. So get comfortable, motherfuckers. I'm, I'm saying that to the audience. I would never call you two motherfuckers. I mean, I'm very comfortable. <laughs> Joining us today, uh, for starters, Andy Sell is here. Hi, oh, hi. I was Are, like waving. Were you going to say anything? Or? <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> Well, that was smooth. Let's just move into our next guest. Jen Scott's here, too. It's me. Hi. You miss me. I love you. What's up? We haven't done a trend pony in a while because Jessica Singer got a big fancy job. I know. What a bitch. Right? Must be nice. Must be nice. But we'll get back to it soon. In the meantime, on this episode and the, the next two episodes, we're talking about the best stuff of 2020. Movies. Because there was just so much. TV shows, music, songs. Music and songs are the same thing. What I meant to say was albums and songs. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be next week's episode where we talk about the best albums and songs of 2020. This week, we're talking about the best movies and TV shows. And I think I have the two perfect guests for this, in fact. That's a big fact. Truth. Truth. Yeah. Big truth fact. <laughs> so each- I didn't know any of the TV shows either of you posted. <laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> I uh, don't know movies, but I realized that because of Trend Pony, I'd watched a lot of movies. So convenient for me. You're both very opinionated. I like that. Ah, yes, that is true. The thing you like sucks. The thing I like rules. <laughs> Your opinions are wrong. You both at least watch TV and listen to music and things of the like. More than I can say for a lot of the hosts on this network. Constantly consuming at all times media consumption. Yeah, I am, I am first and foremost a consumer. I yes. have no life or friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Andy. I thought we were friends. Yeah, I thought we were. This is how you find out we are not. Oh, wow. I was so excited when I saw that it was you on the podcast. I was like, it's Andy. Yeah. Likewise, it's been a minute. I know because of pandemic and everyone sucks also. (laughs) 
That's the big one. Everyone I probably wouldn't see and I anybody going places before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I... Same, yeah. A good year before the pandemic, I became a fucking total hermit, and so I mean, I was kind of mentally prepared for it. Yeah, I've been. I've been preparing for this my whole fucking life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is... I have to stay inside and watch movies? Yeah. <laughs> That's so radically different from my <laughs> life. These are the conditions under which I thrive. So should we talk about, let's talk about movies first, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll start. This, have either of you watched this movie yet? It's called His House. I did watch it. It's so fucking good. It's a... Netflix horror movie. It's called His House from a first time director named Remy Weeks. Doesn't even have a picture on his IMDb page. Ooh. And this movie is currently number two on Rotten Tomatoes list of the best movies of 2020. Has a 100% rating, which is weird because nobody has seen this movie. Andy, have you seen it yet? No, not yet. I'm familiar with it. I know about it, but I just have not seen it yet. It's basically a twin horror movie. It is about the horrors of fleeing a war-torn country and seeking asylum in England. And it's also about the horrors of living in a haunted house. Basically, it centers around this husband and wife who are fleeing South Sudan. Great place to flee right now. Unfortunately, they flee by boat. Their daughter dies on the way over. She drowns. And they're taken into custody and detained, but then they're released and assigned a house while waiting for their asylum claim to be decided. And that house is super duper haunted. The most. It's, it's insane, intensely haunted, but it's, it's kind of a metaphor for like when governments put those kind of programs in place where they're like, Oh, we're not going to give any social benefits to immigrants. Like you don't understand the people coming to this country. You can be like, we're not going to give you social benefits or a place to live. And they're going to be like, cool, I'd rather live on your streets than where I'm fleeing from. And this mm-hmm. movie is a good metaphor for that because they are in such an intensely haunted house. And they're like, nope, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to South Sudan. You crazy? I'm just going to make friends with these ghosts. This movie had so many twists. Yes. Like, I was continually shocked. And the end is fucked up. Spoiler alert, <laughs> big fucked up. It really is. Yeah, it's a good movie. It, it might be my favorite movie of the year. Wow. Starting out the gates with your fave. Yeah, I don't know. But that's that's the first movie I want to talk about. People, we'll link to trailers for all this stuff on, on Pops.com. I do really want to see that movie, but I just haven't yet. This year has been like, and I don't even have an excuse for that one because I can see that one for free <laughs> because I have Netflix. But I have this whole thing this year where it's like, I'm not paying for new stuff. Like I've been, I, I've watched a lot of movies this year and a lot of first time movies, but they've all like old shit. Like I've seen very few new, new movies this year because I just, if I'm not going to a theater, I don't really want to pay for it because I'm paying already for streaming services. And like, I know that people need their films need to make money. And I feel for the movies, like the poor filmmakers whose movies were supposed to, you know, do something this year that can't, but I, I, I've missed a lot of new stuff and a lot of new horror, especially, and I'm bummed about it, but I don't have an excuse for his house. So I'll, I'll probably watch it in the next couple of days. No excuse. No. Yeah. Watch it. Literally not. Like <laughs> I, I saw the trailer before it went up. It's not like I didn't know about it. Andy, it was what's good. what's the first movie you want to talk about? Well, I am going to talk about my favorite thing that I saw this year, 
and it's uh it's called it's <laughs> it's it sounds like an emo record uh the the title of the movie is my heart can't beat unless you tell it to and it's it doesn't have as far as i know it doesn't have an actual release date yet i saw it as part of the nightstream film festival it uh was supposed to open tribeca before tribeca didn't happen it's played a bunch of festivals this year hopefully sometime i'm not sure if dark sky or magnet or ifc midnight or one of these companies is in charge of distribution for it but it should be released next year it has been getting some word of mouth in the festival circuit i haven't heard anything about it the description tell people what it's about it sounds really interesting so it is it's a it's a very interesting movie it's a it's a vampire movie it's about it stars patrick fugit uh, is that am I saying his name right? It's not fuck it. It's not fuck it. <laughs> I always thought it was. It's I always thought it was not fuck it. Fugit. I always Fu- thought it was like fugitive. Fugit. Fugitive. I always thought it the, was fugit. The fugitive. fugitive. Oh man, if he played football in high school, that's what his coach would have called him. What's up, fugitive? <laughs> Good hustle. I don't know who he is. I'm googling him right now. Oh so uh, yeah, know. you do. When you see his face, you'll recognize. When you see his face, this you'll is, recognize him. This is every single person we ever talk about on any podcast. I'm like, who's that? And they're like, you know who it you is. You know who it is. Uh, uh his face. He's a he's a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he is. What, the other is, thing. what is he from, though? What is he from? Oh, a bunch movie? of, like, early Almost 2000s. Almost mid- famous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's from. That's where I know him from. Another thing I have no excuse is to not know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, literally zero excuse for that. I can look it up so easily. Uh, but the, it's a vampire movie. So Twilight. It's uh, Yes, it's, a, it's, it's basically just Twilight. It's 2020 <laughs> Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it follows this uh, brother and sister as they care for their other sibling, uh, uh, their brother, their youngest brother, who is a vampire, and it's uh, it's an inversion of, of vampire tropes. It's uh, it's a, a an addiction uh, parable. Um, it's a family drama, but it's like it's like a almost kind of it's understated, but also extreme. I don't know how to. It's it's like a family drama, but presented through the aesthetic lens of like an early '90s shot on video splatter movie. It's hmm. sounds it's good. got it's it's just so good. I could gush about it forever. Uh, it was made by uh, directed by Jonathan Quartus and DP'd by his brother, and um, filmed in they're both from Miami, but the movie was shot in Salt Lake City, Utah, which like makes it even bleaker, which is weird because Salt Lake City is a very beautiful city, but like. I've never been. It's it's the widest sidewalks in America, I swear. Um literally and figuratively, I bet. Yeah. Not no, not whitest, widest. Oh. Well, oh, I thought you said <laughs> why there's sidewalks in the United States. I was like Salt Lake City is the reason there's sidewalks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but uh sidewalks used to be it's a Mormon thing. It's Mormons only. <laughs> there was a Mormon named John Sidewalk. And <laughs> he refused to walk on grass. <laughs> yeah, that's because how sidewalks were born. Because man's men are men are sinners, and sinners' feet should not touch grass, which is God's creation. Uh, right. Yes. Since the Garden of Eden, he was thrown out. Adam was thrown out of of Eden, so he can't be on grass anymore. That's the rule. Shout out to the inventor of the sidewalk, John John Sidewalk. <laughs> Jen, what movie do you want to talk about first? Ooh, I want to talk about Palm Springs. Palm Springs was really good. It's so fucking good. 
And I've watched it more than once, and I know that we've talked about it on Trend Pony, but not everybody listens to Trend Pony, so there. And um, you should, though. Anyway, it's a really good movie. I love anything that involves time travel because time is not fucking real. And anything that tries to <laughs> illustrate that further, I'm down with. Also, Andy Samberg is so cute in it. He's, like, so charming and good. And also, I can't remember the other chick's name, and I feel really bad about it now. But she's really good, too. <laughs> I barely remember Palm Springs, but I know I, I remember watching it and liking it a whole lot. But that's that's another one that came out really early in the pandemic also. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of my movie picks are really early in the pan because I feel like that's when things were still coming out. <laughs> in the pan. <laughs> the pan. That's what we're calling it now. No one has Tenet on their list. No one went to no one risked no! it in a theater to go see Tenet. Come on. I don't even know what that is. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Ugh. But yeah, Palm Springs was good as fuck. Yeah, Palm Springs was great. The next movie did anyone see the 40-year-old version? No, and I wanted to watch it just based on the name. It is such a charming movie. It will as as people working in creative fields, it will it'll give you the feels a little bit. It's another first-time director, in this case, a woman named Rada Blank. And it's about a woman who, at one point in her career, was named one of the top playwrights under the age of 30. And then she wrote one play and then just kind of disappeared. And now she's approaching 40 and her playwright career is going nowhere. So she decides to become a rapper. And it is... <laughs> It's a very sweet and funny movie. It's all in black and white, but after like 10 minutes, you'll be fine with that. It actually, I didn't realize this until I looked it up again for this episode, but when I watched it, it reminded me a lot of Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It, which was like his first big movie. And it turns out she was a writer and producer on the Netflix TV series version of She's Gotta Have It. So that all makes sense. And That's crazy. It's just a, it's a really sweet and charming movie, and I, I feel like it didn't really get enough attention. But it, it actually, because Jen's right, time doesn't exist anymore. I thought this fucking movie came out in like April, and it came out October 9th. So it just came out what? like, so I'm like, why isn't this getting more attention? It's like it barely came out yet. But also, it's really good. I hadn't heard of it either. People just hate women. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> And it's like, it's, it's definitely, it's not like a people hate women tone, but it's, it's definitely, it's a, a movie about powerful women. And, uh, I'm shocked that they haven't promoted it. I roll. <laughs> they promoted it a little bit, but I feel like this and his house both didn't really get promoted that much. That's true. I feel like Netflix is being really weird with what they push and also that whole top 10, thing like they can just decide whatever they want they don't release any true statistics from netflix that's like their thing so they can just say that whatever fucking that chess chess show that everyone said that they were watching that i feel like no one watched was number one i was like how that is the number one show on my list but it's fine the queen's gambit it's so great Dude, uh, we'll okay, talk about we'll it get later there. we'll talk about it later. you can convince me to not be bored as fuck by it I mean, it's not, do you think it's just going to be people playing chess the entire time? I tried time? to watch it, and I was like, this seems like it's going to be sci-fi or something cool. There's a little ginger girl in it. That's always crazy. No, and it's then a what? <laughs> Gingers are mutants. This is sci-fi. <laughs> she has a sci-fi vibe. You've seen her face. Um, it's an addiction movie is what it is. Uh, I, I don't know the show. 
The Queen's Gambit was talking about things. it. We'll talk about it later. Okay, Andy. Andy, talk about another movie. I don't want to. Um, Come on. So I'm, I'm, Make I'm, me. I'm breaking rules again uh, because the last film, I don't know if you would technically call it a 2020 movie because it hasn't been wide released. It only played at festivals. This next movie is technically got its premiere last year at uh, festivals, uh, but it was released in January of this year when it got its like limited theatrical release, and it is uh, called Beanpole, uh, directed by Kantemir Balagov. Who, sure. uh, <clears throat> yeah, as you as you would. It's Russian. Guess what? It's Russian. Is it depressing? You fucking bet. Uh, <laughs> there is a trailer. If you watch the trailer, let me tell you, the music in that trailer is not in any way indicative of the tone of this movie. Uh, it's way <laughs> bleaker than that. And um, so Kantemir Balagov's previous feature, Closeness, played at the AFI Film Festival in like uh, 2017, I think. I'm pretty sure it was then. And it was playing in the theater I was working at. And people were walking, a couple people walked out of it because there's a scene in the middle that is very divisive. And um, uh, I was like, oh, people are walking out of this? I want to watch it then. So <laughs> when my shift was over, I stayed and watched it. And it was amazing. It blew my mind. I fucking loved it. And uh, it's also very, very, very bleak. Um, but anyway, this is his most recent feature, which actually was Russia's, I think Russia's uh, official entry uh, for Oscar uh, competition. But it you know, wasn't nominated. Um, but it's a it's a post World War II period piece that takes place in Russia. Uh, nurse at a at a hospital befriends a a, a veteran soldier woman um, whose child died, and she wants another child. And uh, it's just a bunch of toxic relationships. It's a bunch of codependency and abuse and PTSD. And it's about how, you know, war kind of fucks everybody over. But we were also kind of already fucked over to begin with. Um, Hot. It's, it's got fun. the most troubling threesome i think in movie history in it <laughs> so really hot <laughs> so really hot uh very very disturbing um wonderful dinner scene this guy balagov does dinner scenes unlike anyone else um i just it is that you're coming out of the gate with two movies that people cannot <laughs> even watch yeah is like quintessential andy cell well, Beanpole actually did it did get a theatrical release, and I and I believe it is streaming somewhere. Oh. It might be it might be on Mubi, or you can probably <laughs> rent it. It was distributed by Kino Lorber, so I think I saw that because I was looking up movies that came out in 2020 because I was really struggling to find movies, and I saw, <laughs> I saw that one, and I was like, "Oh, Andy put that," and I yeah. think that it is available somewhere to stream. It is definitely available somewhere, but it's, okay, if, if if you can handle like really <laughs> rough uh, stuff about how. Um, fragile and devastated and awful we can all be uh, Beanpole is the fucking movie for you the performances are incredible it's shot so well the production design considering the period is 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 amazing um, and Kenemir Balagov is just one of those guys who like I he did a Q&A at the festival and he's he's a baby he's like 26 years old <laughs> I don't understand how he has such a depressingly accurate understanding of the frailty of human beings at 26 years old. Um, I guess it's just because he's Russian, but he was Probably. so awkward at the Q&A and it became apparent like, oh, you're a genius at filmmaking because you don't know how to talk to people. Like, this is how you communicate. This is how you express yourself is through this medium and this medium only. And it, it really, 
I don't know if that's a backhanded compliment, but the movie's great. You should see it. Nice. Jen, what do you want to talk about next? I want to talk about Borat subsequent movie film. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. What I'm the fuck? So bad at watching things. It's just it's right so there. Good. You can just watch it for free. It's right there. I know. It like Amazon wants you to watch it immediately. You watch anything on Amazon and it just brings up Borat. It's like, do you want to watch this instead? And you have to skip it. <laughs> It's I happened like to me I four times. Frequently, I frequently forget about Amazon Prime, and then when I do, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's so much on here. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I forget about it. Um, but I thought it was really, really funny. I know that a lot of people didn't watch it, and there was a lot of hype right beforehand, and then I feel like nobody actually followed through on watching it, which is kind of weird. And I also feel like it kind of got weird reviews, but I think it's because... People were expecting Sasha Baron Cohen and a lot of the pranks that had to be done because everyone recognizes him were by the girl that plays his daughter. Yeah. And she was fucking amazing. And also because of that, they did a lot of the like more like gross out or um, like shock value things more based in a, at a feminine side of things. Like is, I can't say anything else without spoilers. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like male movie critics were like i don't know about all that <laughs> like this is a review from the new york times they said there's nothing in this movie film that matches the elegant social experiment of the first and i'm like elegant what elegant <laughs> how dare you call that elegant <laughs> elegant <laughs> yeah i just think it's really funny because you know uh if a woman is in something, people care less. It's so annoying. Yeah, she was great in it. I think her name's Maria Bakalova. She was so fucking funny. She There was not a moment she was out of character. She was, a lot of the positive stuff I saw was like specifically singling her out as like she's the reason to watch this. And it's worth watching just for the Rudy Giuliani scene. Which... It's worth watching for that, um, the banquet scene. Oh, yeah. But the Rudy Giuliani thing, like, that's him on camera. Like, he thinks that girl is underage, and he's about to pull his dick out before Sasha. And then he gets mad that Sasha Baron Cohen came in the room. Sasha Baron Cohen saved him. And she is of age in actual life, but she was saying, what, she was like 15 in the movie, and he was aware of that? Yep. So just goes to show you who's running the country, fucking moron pedophiles. I mean... Rudy Giuliani's not really running the country. Who was helping or trying <laughs> or just being a dick in general and I, being I loud? I don't think anything Rudy Giuliani has ever done in his life could be could be described as helping. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. fair. That's Very fair. True. Ugh, fucking. Uh, he sucks ass. But you know what worst. I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Guys, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> I, He's I a still... government guy and I hate him. <laughs> I'm so bad. I haven't. I got to watch these. I'm. I'm too busy watching like shit. Nobody else is gonna watch ever. I'm gonna send you random texts like three days from now, being like, "Hey, watch that." <laughs> I will. Oh, okay. All right. I will. I will have a response. Is your phone number still the same? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. I haven't changed my phone number since 2001. How about blow the man down? Have you seen that? No, but I want to change my phone number. should i do it is that a thing people do i again i want to start over (laughs) i do want to see blow the man down it's in my queue i have loaded in into my queue i just haven't started it yet it It looks great crazy good it's another first time writer director but in this case two women 
Bridget Savage Cole and Danielle Curdy. It's basically it's it's got a lot of Coen Brothers energy to it. It it feels like a Fargo sequel or something like that. But it's a predominantly female cast and it's just a good murder like not really even a murder mystery. Well, yeah, yeah, there's some mystery to it, but it's just a good dark edgy kind of dra- comedy drama. And uh, it's a thing you can watch for free on Amazon. Came out in April of this year, I think. But at first, it, it was shown at like festivals and things in 2019. And then like a year later, it was finally released on Amazon. And it's just really good. Like, it's just like a, it's a female-driven Coen Brothers movie is what it feels like. That's tight. Yeah, but no one's seen it. So <laughs> the point I've already y'all. made three times again, <laughs> yeah. but I'm glad that we're talking about it because I'm going to watch it now and we'll be loud about it. And then maybe people will watch it. And also it's on Amazon prime. So again, I probably forgot about it. Even if I did want to watch it. Cause I forget Amazon prime is even a fucking thing. Yeah. It's one of the last ones I ever check when I'm looking for shit to watch. Also the app logo is bad. Like I never catches my eye. It's yeah. like just another blue app. Yeah, I I think the I think my problem with Prime is that I just get lost in it. Like I go in there, I go in there and I'm like, you know, I, I always know that Prime always has a lot of like older 70s, 80s, 90s even and 60s sometimes horror movies that I haven't seen that I I need to, you know, watch. They got a lot of weird shit on there library-wise and I just end up being like, oh yeah, this too, and this too, and this too, and I never even consider the stuff that they put on, you know, that the, uh, their own productions, or their right. own, uh, you know, their own a- acquisitions. Like, you know, I, I, Netflix, I got a similar problem with, but it's not as deep. Um, it's like Shutter is the only app where like I'm constantly on top of the stuff they're putting up. Yeah, with Amazon Prime, every time I open it, I feel like because they have rights to so many older TV shows, every time I end up watching like an old season of Drag Race or Mr. Show or like something that I've seen a million times because I'm like, oh, I love that. And I just don't want to take a risk and I want to smoke weed and not think. <laughs> yeah. Smoke weed every day. That's what I say. Head empty. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is this year is really a year for, like, the familiar, right? Like, it's a mm-hmm. lot, like, we want to be, we need our comfort stuff. So, like, new shit is just kind of like, I don't know if I love you, and I'm very fragile right <laughs> now. So I'm going to watch this movie I've seen 400 times instead. Also, like, five minutes into anything, I'm like, here's my phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a real, so that's bad. a real problem. Andy, what movie do you want to talk about next? Uh, I'm doing a lot of things in twos today, I guess. Uh, it's a very two kind of day. Uh, Scare Me and La Llorona both are on Shutter, and they're both fantastic and definitely 100% worth your time. Scare Me is probably the most surprising, expectation-defying viewing experience I had this year, aside from something you're going to talk about next, I believe. Um, yeah. It is It's a horror anthology... <laughs> It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. It's like a non-anthology horror anthology movie. It's like a, it's like if if the entire part of a of a horror anthology movie were just the wraparound sequence of the storyteller telling the stories, right? But also, it has character arcs and narrative push and act breaks. Like it is, it's very bizarre. It's I'm very, very unconventional. From the description. <laughs> it's got Aya Cash and. Um, should have looked it up. The writer, uh, director, producer, who no also stars in it. It's a three-person cast. It's oh. um, 
What's is his it name? Another like Zoom movie? No, no, it's it's not a Zoom movie. It it takes it's, it's basically it's, these two writers. Josh Rubin. This writer goes to stay at a cabin out in the middle of nowhere, and there's another writer who is staying in a cabin nearby, and they meet up and they start hanging out. And I believe what the the movie centers around is them trying to scare each other. Yes, it's them trying to scare each other with a story. Yeah, and they're they're telling each other stories trying to scare each other but also yeah i don't know how to explain it like, it's hard it's, have to watch it. it's very hard to explain it's 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 chris red is also in it and then uh one other person and that's it it's four people in the entire cast i believe yeah. and um it's it's it also nails the balance of horror comedy which is very hard to do i saw a lot of horror comedies this year uh through the fantastic fest and uh night stream and very none of them nailed the, the tone the uh the way this movie did and it's just like almost if i were i feel like if i were to tell you like just narratively what it is people be like well that's boring no it's not it's so interesting and fascinating and um it's just a treat it's a real treat yeah it's one of it's it's a movie you kind of just have to watch for yourself like there's no way to describe it it that makes it sound like it's gonna be fun aya cash from (laughs) you're the worst and the boys is is one of the leads and she's she's terrific i love yeah, it's great. My next movie is Invisible Man, which again, beginning of the pan, it was the last movie I saw in theaters. Finally, Same. one of you brings up something I saw. And- yeah, it was so good. I really liked it because I didn't expect where it was going. And also from the trailers, it seemed like it was going to be a really cheesy horror film. And uh, I thought it was less cheesy than I expected it to be because um, I just thought it was like, ooh, an invisible man, <laughs> like just another ghost type shit. But it's really uh, centered around a lot of like themes of abuse and um, gaslighting and, you know, things that suck. Yeah. It's definitely a very socially relevant movie. I didn't yes. like it as much as I wanted. I, I to. hated it. Andy <laughs> hated it. And I can tell in your face. Dis- thoroughly despised it. Uh, Why? I love the opening sequence. The opening sequence is so fantastic. Yes, but oh, I think yeah. I think literally everything that happens afterward leaves me cold. Really, I liked the end. I love the premise too. I don't. I want to be clear. I don't. My issues with it are, have nothing to do with the fact that it's you know what critics would call a post horror hashtag Me Too. Uh, I would have liked to movie. see a nobody in it. Like yes, I don't need to see her ever again. Like honestly, she's fine and great, but like I, I don't need to see her cast in every fucking thing that's like a Me Too esque genre. Because I get it. I just am actually, I've talked about this before, but I'm so sick of seeing the same fucking actors in everything. Yeah. Like, it just makes it impossible for me to care about the plot. That's the power of Scientology, baby. Yeah. Is she a Scientologist? Yeah. She sure is. You, no! Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's it. that's why it's you, really funny that like everything she acts in is about like gaslighting and and emotional manipulation, ironic. and it's like you're in the church whose you're whole thing is in that the cult yeah. dummy. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> literally in a cult. Uh, she's she's my biggest problem with one of my biggest problem with the movie. I think Lee Wan L is a terrible filmmaker, but um, well, I'm glad I said it so that you didn't have to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I feel bad. <laughs> 
Because I no, don't want I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. If you like no, a thing, you like a, a thing. I don't care. The thing is, it's not even that good of a movie. I just ran out of movies, and I was like, "This was fun to see in theaters." It was the last movie I saw in theaters, and I saw it with Jessica Singer, and then we literally didn't see each other for like ever after that. You know what? That's so valid. That's the last thing I saw in theaters was Onward. And I almost put that on the list solely because it was the last thing I saw in theaters. That's exactly why I put it. Invisible Man was the last thing I saw in theaters, I'm pretty sure. I saw it down here in Torrance. I think we could have even seen it the day after we recorded that uh, episode of Unpops Every Day, where we were talking about uh, COVID-19. And then basically, immediately after that, we all went into lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, that was an intense episode. Oh, man. Jessica and I were too scared to leave the studio after. During the whole episode, we were like, should we be doing this? Should we just all leave right now? Like <laughs> I went to Universal Studios like the week before the whole thing broke. You know what I mean? Like the week before the lockdown. And I was like, even there, even with it, like, I was like, should I, should we be here? Is this Okay. <laughs> The last big thing I did was I saw Mariah Carey in Las Vegas, and I'm shocked I didn't get coronavirus there because that wow. was like February 28th, so right on the cusp. Yeah, I'm you know also... I think the I think the last thing I saw in theaters was actually the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight because they were showing <laughs> that at like AMC, so I just went and watched it there. That's so goofy. The last thing that I did that I think I definitely should have gotten COVID from was I did a comedy show in Long Beach that was like a 420 friendly show. Oh my God, in April? It was, no, it was like, it was like, uh, no, I was already so careful. It was like probably (laughs) March. It was probably like March 3rd. Okay. Oh yeah. I think that's when I went to Universal Studios too. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone was sharing dab rigs and joints. (sighs) And like, oh my god, it like hurt it hurt my it hurted my brain. It hurted it to think about. Those days are over. <laughs> they sure are. Should we just each do one more movie really quick? I'll, I'll I've talked about Host a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so good. It's on Shutter. It's a horror movie. It's like fifty six minutes long because it all takes place on a Zoom call. And once the Zoom call starts, the rest of the movie is as long as a free zoom call, which is 40 minutes. It's so good. It's so good. The fact that they turned it around as fast as they did, because it's a, it is a quarantine movie. Like it is happening in the same universe that we are in right now, which is coronavirus universe. The amount of producing that the actors had to do in order for that movie to get made is like astonishing to me. Yeah. Yeah. So good. The, the scares in it are so good. I was so tense the whole time there's a blanket scene i jumped when that shit happened oh like my god i did not see it come the wine bottle the the blanket scene the um the yeah the wine bottle the 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 virtual background gag the yeah. facial recognition oh. gag oh. like they, they there's so many and like my only complaint is they could have gone a little further with some of those um but just the fact that they were able to have the ingenuity to recognize, like, here's something, here's a new wrinkle we can put into this supernatural horror casserole, you know, that we can bake it yeah. in, and it and it works seamlessly, and it's just, I that is the most surprising exp- thing because I I ex- I went into that expecting like, 
okay, standard desktop horror. They turned it out so too quick for it to be any good. Um, yeah, it's shockingly and it's, good. It's just at every turn, I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't guys, expecting that. Guys, since we started talking about this movie, you guys keep freezing for me, and I hate <laughs> it. Oh my god, I just said your internet connection is unstable. I'm so serious right now. Fuck that. You're kidding. Oh my god, we're no, all gonna I'm die. No, I'm so serious. <laughs> Jen. Stop it. Stop it. Jen's chair is just gonna get dragged oh quickly across the room. Oh my god, I'm like, room. it's Dave. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that my internet connection is fine now. Literally, there's no reason that should have happened, though. <laughs> Fuck everything for fucking with me so hard. Yeah, everyone should watch Host. It's on uh, Shutter. So yeah. Get a seven day free trial, if nothing else, because there's a few movies on this list that are on Shutter. I'm sweating and now. Go watch them quick. <laughs> Andy, what's one more movie you want to talk about quick? Quick? Yeah. Gretel and Hansel. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Gretel and Hansel. It's another was one of the good? last things I saw in the theater. What? This was good? It yeah. Was good? Yeah. Oz Perkins. I, I love him. I Look, I know I Am the Pretty Thing Lives in the House and... Um, That's a good movie. Uh, Black Coat's Daughter are not everyone's favorite. They're, I love both of them. <laughs> Ooh, I loved Black Coat's uh, Daughter. Love them. But this is that same filmmaker, Anthony Perkins' son, Osgood Perkins, and it's his take on the Hansel and Gretel... Uh, folktale and it's Alice Krieg as the witch and she is so fucking good in it and Sophia Lillis plays Gretel from you know the It movies um, it's just it's just it's lush it's got amazing production design amazing wardrobe amazing makeup uh, it's just so fucking gorgeous and it, it, it doesn't really I don't think ever quite say what it's trying to say but i don't care it's so pretty it's so moody and dark and it's if you're a goth it's your new favorite movie oh. <laughs> um it's just mm. it's i love it i love I it i'm a goth i love it jen what's one more movie you want to talk about um the live action mulan just kidding um <laughs> <laughs> Actually, worse than that. Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. Um, I actually liked it a lot. I thought the story was really good. Uh, do I need to ever see Margot Robbie the fuck again? No. Could I, could, <laughs> could I have played Harley Quinn better? Probably. Um, oh, that's me. She was good in it. She was great, but I want someone who's fucking unhinged. <laughs> the, I can't remember the actor's name The uh, who played um, Black Canary. She's great. She was awesome. Oh, yeah. Journey Smollett. So I liked a lot of that movie um, and also like no shade to Margot Robbie. I just want to like Harley Quinn is so fucking crazy. I want to see someone who is like just not not afraid to be ugly. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> like just uh, should have been manic. Cardi B. Yeah. Like somebody who <laughs> you're going to be like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Like anything that she did in that, I was like, OK, that's a choice but i don't care and also the soundtrack was absolute ass but i thought it was a good story <laughs> i do love that like all of the movies that are in your favorite you're like i really hate these <laughs> things about it <laughs> i love hating stuff to be fair i Me like too. birds of prey a lot also people should watch the trial of the chicago seven that was yes, on my, my list and, and Jen's list. hubie halloween no <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I tried really to watch that. I really loved you, I can't take Adam Sandler in that voice. Like no, that, it feels me, so me. ableist to me. It's I, icky. <laughs> yeah, five minutes into the movie, I was like, is he going to do this the whole movie? But then yes, I was sir. just fine with it. Sorry. I don't love it. 
but live your truth, baby. Wait, when did Uncut Gems come out? Did that come out in 2020? If no. so, that was my favorite movie of 2020. I'm pretty sure oh. that was 2019. Yeah, it was yeah. last year because it, it played. I saw it in December, I think. Uncut Gems was so fucking good. Yeah, Uncut Gems is amazing. The Safety brothers are great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about TV shows. Convince finish, me of this chess show, sir. To finish this out. The Queen's Gambit. I'm telling you, there is, like, what's your resistance to it? Just that it's about chess? I started watching it, and I was, like, really intrigued by everything. And then so much of it was chess, and I did not give a fuck. I mean, it's it's about a woman dominating a male-dominated field. And beyond that, like the, the character, like her story throughout that whole show, it's just, it's fucking fascinating. And the chess scenes, like I get that it's chess and chess seems like it's boring to watch, but it's not like those, those chess scenes where she's like competing in these competitions are some of the best parts of the show. And there's a reason it's so well reviewed. It is a great fucking TV show. If I want to see chess, I'll play chess. Like, but don't like, get me have wrong. You, have you never watched a movie about something you didn't do? Like, I, don't, I was in chess I'm club. Not what a, are you talking about? I'm not a basketball player, but I'll fuck with a basketball movie. Like, you don't have to play chess to enjoy this show. That's insane. Like, who would make a show like that? I thought there was going to be a sci-fi element. So when there wasn't, I just didn't care. No, it's about like depression and addiction. And... I've got all that. <laughs> so do you want to show about things you do or things you don't? I don't know. I just like fighting with you. The Queen's Gambit is really fucking good. I I watched it very, very quickly. And I'll it, try it's, again. It's like everyone's favorite show right now. Okay, fine. It's so good. It's so good. All right, I'll try again. You win. No, I don't want you to. I don't want either of you to watch Can it. Can I try it? Can I watch it? Nope. <laughs> We're really? in trouble again. We're in trouble. God damn it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I gotta look. I have to watch Borat first anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's a show you want to talk about, Andy? None. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> Juwan Origins. There we go. Sure. Why not? What was this on? Netflix. It's a, well, it was a, it was the first Netflix Japan produced series that was also put on Netflix here. So it's horror. It's, it's, um, is it like the grudge universe? It's the grudge universe. Yeah. The Juan oh. universe, but it's, um, not like none of those movies really take place in the exact same universe. Cause they're all kind of like the details are a little different. Um, except for the house is always the same house. I haven't liked any of the grudge movies. Well then, okay. The, like the American ones all suck. The American okay. ones are all garbage. Uh, I love pretty much all of the Japanese ones, at least all the ones I've seen, um, even though Juon 2 is kind of like, mm, uh, but the White Ghost and Black Ghost are fantastic. And the original Juon movie, not the TV movies, but the the first theatrical feature is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And this show, it's like super problematic. It's like super <laughs> nice. edgy and nice. like kind of gross in a lot of ways. Um it's super mean-spirited and cruel and evil and vicious. 
but it's also like a soap opera. I don't. I really. It's not for everybody, but I had a really good time with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. I'm like problematic. Oh, super. Pro- <laughs> yeah. Like the second episode, you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Count me in. While we're on problematic, I feel like I should talk about my next, my first one. Yes. Um. So I legitimately have run out of content to watch and have been watching YouTube shows because it's the only thing that keeps coming out because it's the only thing that is continually directed, produced, and starring the same people. <laughs> and um, so I've been watching this show called Frenemies. And it's Trisha Paytas and Ethan Klein. Trisha Paytas is the most canceled woman in the world. She's uncancelable. She's been canceled so many times that it has become her thing to be canceled. I don't know if I like her or not. That's how far it's come. Every single day, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do today. She's also had like... 30 personas in the past year right now she's in a big emo phase and has the whole scene hair thing going um it's a crazy show and also ethan klein is uh he just does the h3 podcast which was a really successful youtube show and then he had this bitch on one time and it became so much drama that they ended up doing this show and this show now she's dating his wife's brother who's like israeli and she decided that she's jewish now because of it it is so problematic and it's like watching someone have a friend for the first time in their lives it's bizarre (laughs) It's so crazy. But I've been watching so much YouTube. Shout out to Brittany Broski, Sarah Shower, Pee Pee Poo Poo Time, and Chris Clemens. All those people, too. I'm not watching Pee Pee Poo Poo Time. I don't know what any of this is, and I'm not going to find out. I don't expect <laughs> you to. It's so... Like, this show is an hour long, and I've watched every single one of them, and they're so problematic every single time. I don't even... Ugh, it's, it's just... It's very much 2020 content. <laughs> I had The Last Dance on my list, but we've talked about The Last Dance on this podcast so much, but it's very good documentary about the 90s Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah. You told me to watch that. Very near and dear to my heart. You don't have to enjoy basketball to watch it. Just like like you do have to enjoy chess to watch The Queen's Gambit, but (laughs) you don't have to be into basketball to watch The Last Dance. It's just a it's like a family drama kind of because it's. Just this group of people working toward one goal, and they documented every step of the way toward that goal. And it is—it's heavy, it's it's intense, it's funny in a lot of spots. It doesn't make Michael Jordan look great, which I don't get people complaining about him being involved in the production and like, oh, it's not—he just—he didn't want to be made to look bad. He looks fucking horrible in a lot of this. He's, I mean, he is a, he's a psychopath. Like he's, he's an insane person. He's an insanely competitive person. Like the, one of the highlight scenes from this documentary is him backstage, like gambling with the United center security staff. And he's like, I think they're just like tossing quarters and yours has to like get closest to the wall. And he's being so intense competing with these security guards and tossing quarters And it's just, it's such, it's like you don't get an inside look at stuff like this very often. And The Last Dance was great. Fuck you. Sorry. I I didn't watch it. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. You didn't watch it, Andy? No, I did. Because I didn't. 
I don't even know what happened. I don't know when it aired, but I had a reason. <laughs> I remember everybody talking about it. I we didn't have we we started we set the DVR to record them. I think after a while, and then we just were watching other stuff. And like I, I don't know, my viewing habits this year have been all over the place. I will watch it at some point. I'm sure next time I get the flu or something, I'll watch it. Oh, like the flu game. I get it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's to honor to honor him. Andy, what do you want to talk about next? I want to talk about another movie. <laughs> what? That's no, cheating. I, I know, I know. I cheat. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Do I talk about Better Call Saul or The Boys? The Boys. They're both great. They're both like the best things on TV right now. Better Call Saul is the best writing and acting. And Boys, I loved the the first season. I love this season even more. Uh, of the boys this popped off. It's, it's like it's the the show is better than the comic. Yes, it's 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 Which like is rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they managed to make it also like it's a you know an old comic, but it's relevant now. And yes. they've they've kind of adapted it to be relevant now. I mean, like it, this this season's arc is basically all about how we got to where we are with the alt right. And uh, and the internet troll, like radicalized, uh, you know, right wing culture. It's all about that. And um, Aya Cash is great. The guy who plays Homelander still like I'm I'm not convinced he's not a dangerous psychopath. You know what I mean? Like the actor, because like I don't I don't know how well an actor can do that if they're not at least part scary. That's what I'm talking Um, about with the amount of unhinged I want. Yeah, like that. Like that is the level of unhinged I expect from a superhero villain. Yeah, it's, it's like he nailed. Anytime he's on screen, I don't feel safe watching the show. I don't feel safe when he's on screen. It is it's horrifying. It's very horrifying. Um, and also, the framing of that show is genius because you feel like things are going to jump out at you all mm-hmm. the time, and then it just doesn't. And suspense builds and builds and builds and builds. Yeah. It's so good. And sometimes that unpredictability kind of leads to them taking the lazy way out of certain corners or doing things where, like, later on, you're like, well, that wouldn't really happen like that. I can't really be asked to believe this. But it's still, it's like, it's like the best antidote to superhero fatigue right now and it's It's so dark it's so dark (laughs) i've heard good things i need to watch it yeah yeah you you really do we can talk about it on the next trend pony and carl urban is just like when is he not you know just uh, breathtaking (laughs) it's exquisite and also again uh there's not a lot of people that i knew who the fuck they were in it so i'm really excited to see new people in things that just makes me so happy i'm so tired of people even carl urban who's like i guess he is kind of a chameleon anyway character actor wise but also he's like very distinguished looks very distinct looks yes but he kind of disappears into this role of billy butcher and um he his facial expressions as billy butcher oh my god (laughs) yeah I, i don't even know how some of the faces he makes are possible yeah. He looks yeah, so disgruntled. Yeah, you really got to watch it. It's it really is it's the best like fantasy genre thing I think on TV right now. You're the best fantasy genre thing on TV right now. Boom. Right? Uh, I, <laughs> I I I mean am I offended? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I want to talk know. about how to with John Wilson. Yeah, I've seen this show advertised. Is it good? It's so fucking good and I was super sus of it because it just looked like another dude making a show (laughs) and i was like whatever 
But then my best friend from high school ha- texted me being like, drop everything you're doing and watch this right now. And I was like, okay, I guess, because I wasn't doing anything. And <laughs> so I started watching it. And I watched every single episode in one day. Also, it's currently coming out. So there's still episodes coming out. It's on HBO. And um, it's the show we all need. If you have ADHD and can't pay attention to fucking anything besides porn or TikTok, I recommend it. Um, and I can't really describe it other than the guy is a filmmaker and has seemingly endless footage of New York City and people in it. And I don't know how he got it. It's it's so much. And it, the editing is perfect. What is it about? Because it Every, sounds like it would just be about like how to do shit. It kind of is, but it's very much a ironic twist on a how-to show so every Ah. show has a theme and then at the end you're like well i did not expect that moral to come out of this huh it's very good uh i want to talk about dave did anyone watch dave on fx i saw uh, the ads but i i didn't turn me off of it (laughs) it's so good it's it's a comedy it stars a rapper named lil dicky I don't know if people are familiar with that guy. Specifically, Lil Dicky's verse on a Chance the Rapper song uh, made me be like, (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a very uh, narrow viewpoint. One verse on one song and you hate the guy like he's. I get it. It's a. It opens going, is being cool not cool? (laughs) I hate it so much. But. All right, well then don't fucking watch it. But Dave is really good. And I think people We're just would being enjoy dicks it. to each other. I fucking hate Invisible Man. I don't hate Lil Dicky. I hate the verse. And also that's specifically why I didn't watch the show, which is a very dumb reason. Please tell what? me why it's good. That's where we're all at, though. It's, yes. I mean, if you like Atlanta, you would like this show. If you haven't okay. watched Atlanta, I love Atlanta. Off. Yeah, Atlanta's, Atlanta's great. amazing. If you're not watching, like, this is, it's... Like if Atlanta was set in the fucking L.A. comedy music scene. Well, that's cool. And it's just a bunch of people fucking struggling to make it. But it's also very funny. And Lil Dicky is a very talented rapper. And his freestyle verse that ends the season is one of the best moments of television of 2020. It's so good. And it also seems like it's going to be just this kind of bullshit, inconsequential show. And then right in the middle, there's an episode about his hype man being bipolar. And it's like very serious and heavy. And you don't see that coming from this show. Hmm. And then it just kind of goes back to being like a mostly lighthearted thing. Like there's like social issues and things that come up, but it's, it's more like a documentary of a rapper's life. But man, that bipolar episode. I feel like I'm going to watch it now because I feel like a dick. And also that verse is super old. (laughs) And he's definitely (laughs) grown as a person and rapper. I just like it when somebody says that there's a, that there's a, it gets uncomfortable. When you're saying that it gets uncomfortable with this bipolar subplot. Like I, I like it when comedy does shit like that. Like slams on the brakes and is like, wait, let's talk about how fucked up this is for a minute. Like I'm into that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly how it happens because it's like the third or fourth episode and up to that point it's just fucking fun times with Lil Dicky and then just sad in the middle and it's so good. I fuck, I loved this show. All right. Also, now that I think about it, there are Lil Dicky songs that I've liked and listened to and I'm just a Lil Dick. I'm not familiar with any of uh, Young Richard's work. He's got a song called Pillow Talk that is that's one of the funniest song. fucking things uh who's next andy la macabre 
I'm going to switch gears here. Elliot McCobb. It's, uh, it's, there's an asterisk by it because a friend of mine made it, and I'm in a, an episode of it. What? It is by my friend Dan Ast, who if you listen to Ghoul School, he did the episode about uh, Christine with me. He is uh, in Fear No Evil. He's a L.A.-based writer and director. He's actually been kind of blowing up as a writer lately, winning some awards and stuff. But this show, L.A. Macabre, he dedicated years of his life to it. The first season was available on Prime for a while, and it's like a found footage, uh, culty, true crime kind of story about these guys who run a web series about uh, cults and macabre uh, Los Angeles history called L.A. Macabre. They get involved with a... They start seeking out information on the wrong cult, and they get swept up in it. And the second season, which it took him years to make, uh, crowdfunded uh, with a lot of hard work from a lot of people, but like him in charge of all of it, uh, really steering the ship, he finally got it uh, uh, onto LA, uh, Amazon Prime uh, season Woo! two. And the first three episodes of season two actually are, he took the 11 episodes of season one and condensed them into three episodes. So that if you don't want to watch all of season one, you can just watch those three episodes, be caught up, and then start with season two, which switches format. And uh, it's it's a great mystery, procedural, true crime, cult story. And and just knowing that a lot of love and heart and uh, hard work from people went into it uh, on a on like the micro budget level almost. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's great. It's great. You should watch it. Sounds good. Robert Broski, who is in an episode of uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, is 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 in it as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jen, what do you want to talk about next? Lego Masters. <laughs> I fucking loved Lego Masters. Lego Masters is so good. Wait, and- is this what I think it is? Yes, the Lego competition show. Yeah, hosted by Will Arnett, who is the perfect host for it. Yeah, he's Batman. He's yeah. Lego Batman. Of course, he's the host of Lego Masters. I need to watch this. You it's do. so good. It's so good. And all the people on it are pretty lovable, too. Like, all the contestants are just fucking nerds, like, huge Lego nerds. And it, they're, they're very endearing. And um, it was at the very beginning of the pan as well. And I know that they're coming out with season two in 2021. And I'm very excited about it. And I don't know that there's that much to talk about it because it's a Lego building competition. <laughs> yeah. You got to just watch it. I will, I'll piggyback on that with my next one. I didn't even put this in the notes, but I'm calling an audible Ooh. Uh, because my, I put most of the stuff on my list is new stuff. I didn't mm. put any like current seasons of any shows, but God damn it. I love the masked singer so much. <laughs> that is one of yes. television's perfect shows. Andy's shaking his head. Like what's your problem with it? Andy? Did they have, uh, didn't they have at least one like truly evil fucking person under well, the mask? Jenny McCarthy is one of the panelists. Yeah, I mean Jenny McCarthy's one of the hosts. That what, doesn't make it one a of bad the mass singers was like well, she's an it's like Sarah Palin or some piece of shit, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it like Sarah, yeah, Sarah no, Palin fuck was that. on it. Fuck that. I'm not watching it. It's still a fun show, and also you know Hollywood fucking blows. I don't know, dude. That's yeah. Mm, that's why I left that fucking town, man. I can't deal. I can't deal with all this like people working where are with Vince, you? people working with Vince Vaughn. Fuck you. Where you are? Where are you? Minneapolis. Oh. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I moved. <laughs> All right. Congrats. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. No, I'm sorry for the outburst. I just like. So you're, you're positive no. there are no problematic elements to any shows that you pick. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. And He's I'm not saying, saying I'm not saying fuck you for watching that singer. I'm saying I will not watch like, it. 
I feel like you two, like you're you're making your picks, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds good. And then I pick something, and Jen's like, he did a verse in 2014 that I hate. And Andy's like, wasn't a politician on that show once? <laughs> Fuck you, Adam. Die. No, not no, you. It's not I'm sorry. Personal. It's not personal. Also, I get- it would be so much less interesting if we were not like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. You picked us because of our opinions. <laughs> I just like, I mean, I, I'm sure it's great. I just. It's very fun. Super fun. Okay. Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fun to watch when you're high. Like, I I get that we're living in tense times and a show like that. You're like, does this even fucking matter? And no, but like, fucking yeah. relax for an hour a week. Yeah. It's some good that's head all. empty material, that's for sure. The costumes look fun. I remember seeing the the mark the like the billboards all over town. You when I still lived there, being like, oh, that, I don't know what that is, but I bet it's ridiculously stupid. Uh, it is. It's dumb. Yeah, and I bet I would have fun with it. I just, I don't know. It's very satisfying when you guess who is under that mask before they reveal it, which I feel like I'm pretty good at. I feel like I've never been able to guess. I guess Lil Wayne was easy. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of Trump supporters. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Seal. I got Seal really early. Like, I knew Seal. Like, that, you... That I keep voice. getting surprised at the um, talent they've been able to pull as the show goes on. Because at the first season, it was like, ain't nobody going to be on this show that you're guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Mariah they, Carey. And it's like, no, the fuck Mariah Carey is never doing the mass singer. Yeah. But then like with season two, they start like they get actual singers. Like, I know it is starting to be respected a little bit more. But I still am like, no real singers are going to do this. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm always kind of disappointed when it's someone that, like, I barely know. I'm disappointed anytime it's an athlete. I'm like, okay. Yeah, at one point it I was fucking know. It was former Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez, and I'm like, who gives a fuck? No one. I want to see that guy tear his ACL during his performance. <laughs> Show me that. That is truly evil. <laughs> That's also the moment I found out Mark Sanchez used to be a Bears quarterback. Yeah. That was the I, like, moment. I, Googled it. And was like, what has he been uh, yeah, up to? I can, I, can, I can confirm you did text me that you found out <laughs> that Mark Sanchez had been a Bears quarterback. I can confirm like that that years. is the moment I learned who Mark Sanchez is at all. <laughs> well, some of us remember when he was playing for the Jets and there was a scandal about sexual abuse. Oh, wait, no is way. he a predator? Allegedly, yeah, I probably. Okay, everyone problematic at <laughs> probably. the Mass Singer. Watch it. <laughs> Watch the Mass Singer if you're a monster. <laughs> I also love Ted Lasso, but no one has Apple TV Plus. I so know, and everyone keeps talking about it, and I really do want to watch it. But I Ted Lasso won't. is an adorable goddamn show. Jason Sudeikis plays a football coach. I've American, heard this is good. American football coach who is hired to coach a British soccer team. And it is, it's just one of those fish out of water tales. And it's, it's so lighthearted and fun and purely good. Andy, what do you want to talk about next? Is this my last one? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Probably. We should make it. These are okay. Then ones. I'm going to talk about, uh, it hasn't aired yet. The Expanse season five. <laughs> it airs, it, it airs the 16th. Okay. It, it airs okay. on the December 16th. So like, 
a little under two weeks, I'm going to be validated when this is the best series of <laughs> the best. Oh, I hope of the it's show. just the worst fucking thing that's, that's ever so been funny. released. I mean, it's that's based a- it's based on one of the best books in the series. So, I, I fingers crossed that it's going to do it justice. Did you ever see the Dark Tower? That's based on Stephen King's best book. Look, all of the Expanse seasons so far have been good, and the books are all fantastic, and I've loved the show. I was really skeptical about season four, which aired at the end of last year. I was like, this is not going to, they're not going to be able to do this justice, and they fucking did, and it was terrific. So I'm, I'm excited about this next season, season five. I've never watched it, and I don't know why. It seems like it would be right up my goddamn alley. Maybe I need to try. I feel like I tried to watch it once and I think I think probably at that point I was on my phone or something. I think shit. you told me that you couldn't get into it cuz I think we talked about this in a a couple of years ago on this very yeah. same episode uh, where <laughs> I was talking about how much I love the expanse and you were like I couldn't get into it. I I have, I have vague memories of it anyway, but it's it's the, the best spaceship sci-fi we've had in a long time. I think it's personally I think it's better than Battlestar Galactica. I know there are people who disagree with me, but uh, I, I'm You're putting my Twitter. chips, all my chips are in the Expanse <laughs> season five uh, pile. <laughs> Jen, what's the last show you want to talk about? Pen 15 season two. Pen 15 I still haven't seen so this either. Fucking good. Pen 15 so good. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it a lot. Uh, before but i admire their ability to remember things from junior high that are so wildly specific and also if you want an idea of what girls are actually like you should watch it (laughs) i don't i don't you well been too bad is it (laughs) did you see eighth grade yes it's so good is it comparable in as far as how uncomfortable it is yes because that makes me want to watch it, but it's also I have to be very careful about when I watch it because I could, uh, like, I, I could, I'll watch Blood and Guts all day, but the minute you bring me, like, middle school or junior high emotional trauma, I'm, like, uh, nightmares for years. Yeah, it's very that, but it's uh, it does a really good job of, like, redeeming those awkward moments and having it be a learning moment. Because, again, it's like junior high, so, you know. That's the kind of days you have. Then you're like, well, I, d- I shouldn't have worn this shirt today. Fuck. And then it's like, no, you're a fine person who wears a shirt. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard really good things. Yeah. I just haven't ever watched it. Yeah, I heard nothing but good things and it looked great. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, and yeah. all the kids that are in it that are not the stars, that which are the two 30-year-old women that wrote it, all the kids that are in it are really good and really talented and do a great job. Um, and they do a great job of portraying themselves as like 12 year olds. It's pretty incredible. Oh, so the leads are the ones who wrote it also? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. I'll watch it at some point. It's good. I blew through it. Uh, but I think that's our episode. Does anyone have like a thing they want to mention last quick, really quick? Uh, I do. I I knew it would be, I knew it would be Andy. I do teacher. Um, uh, what happens next will scare you. It's an anthology horror film from the director uh, and writer of WNUF Halloween special. Oh, yeah. And that was good. I saw it as part of one of the festivals I watched this year. I can't remember which one now off the top of my head, but it's terrific. It's again, it's micro budget, regional Baltimore filmmaking, um, but it's, it's a found footage. It's about clickbait. It's about clickbait journalism and uh, each segment is a different like found footage-esque, uh, actually, no, straight up found footage um, horror story. And um, it's 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 really fun. Nice. Woo! <laughs> wow. 
Well, I think we did it. We did. <laughs> Am I the only one that had something to add? Um, well, I mean, Adam has wh- one on there that I just started watching, which is Teenage Bounty Hunters, which was really good. Oh, Teenage Bounty Hunters was great, but Netflix canceled it after the first season, which is a huge bummer. It's fucking stupid. It it's is a bummer. That, really good. That is a show that I blew through. We watched that in like three days, I think. Yeah. Kadeem Hardison is one of the leads in Whoa. it. He's really great. It's so uh, good. And I wasn't yeah, expecting just, it to be as good as it is. Yeah, it's really well acted. It's really well written. Again, and, another show that's like a good depiction of being a teenage girl. Yeah. Especially if you were a bounty hunter when you were a teenager. Which I girl. was, so, you know. I, see? Perfect. That's why I put it on the list. I knew that. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. For legal purposes, it was a joke. <laughs> I didn't kill anyone ever. Do you think bounty hunters are assassins? Uh, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but they... Okay, I'm not going to say anything else. Um, do I want to plug anything? This makes it seem like I'm a murderer. I'm not a murderer. No, I... I, I really hope nobody listening believes you're a murderer now. Oh, yeah. I do. Oh, well, okay. I do. I, yeah, I, actually, now that I now that you mention it, you are really riding this "I'm not a murderer" uh, a little hard. So, yeah. Ooh, bum, bum, would, bum. Maybe you're a murderer. Maybe Jen <laughs> maybe. Scott's a murderer. Maybe. Um, no, I don't have anything to plug except for dead bodies. Just kidding. Ah, um, <laughs> uh, too dark. But this is 2020. I don't give a fuck. Well, I will plug the next Unpop stand-up comedy show, Zoom stand-up comedy show, featuring me and Andy Sell. How about that? Happening? Th- do you remember that, Andy? Yeah, no, remember I, I remember that. Okay, I've good. been dreading it. Because you had a shocked look on your face. Yeah. I booked you on the Unpops you were on. Uh, <laughs> me, Andy Sell, Heather Maruli, JP Brown, Francesca Fiorentini, <laughs> and I think that's it. Oh, did I, I forget don't... to make that flyer? Yeah. Yes. I will send but it to you today. <laughs> the show's not until next week, so it's okay, fine. Okay, great, great. Um, yeah. Also, I... J- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do you have anything to plug? No. No, I don't. I think I plugged... Plug your new uh, flip phone. I, I plug, yeah, my new flip. Hit me up on my LG. Uh, <laughs> write me... Via- Actually, I'm going to start doing letters like actual just like letter correspondence i think pen pals yeah i'm gonna you guys want to be pen, if you want to be pen pals uh i don't know hit me up on twitter <laughs> before i delete it i thought about that and then i realized i don't want people to know my fucking address oh yeah wait good point yeah. good point yeah, you have to set up a p.o box if you're yeah, yeah. that costs money that that's true they do uh, yeah. yeah all right well next week this this same trio is going to be talking about the best songs and albums of 2020. So stay tuned for that. Until then, let's get the fuck out of here. Jen, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Andy, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh,